God. So we've been talking about an overcoming life, and we've been talking about uh, you know how to overcome. It's interesting in this series because uh, I had a multitude of topics I could have started, but the Lord said, talk about overcoming. And Jesus says this, I have already overcome the world, and we know from the Bible he's in us, and if we know him, we're born again, we're in him. And if we're in him, the overcomer lives in me. He lives in you. He lives in us. We have that overcomer now. So we've been talking about overcoming. And uh, how many people have been receiving overcoming since we've been talking? Glory to God. That was awesome testimony. Praise God. Y'all heard the testimony Johnny and Holly had earlier? That's overcoming. That's putting on the things that God has told us to do and seeing the manifestation. Amen? So, Lord, as we step into today, we're going to talk about uh, that we must overcome with joy. We must overcome with joy. So, Father, right now, we just ask, Lord, open our eyes, open our hearts, Open our hearts to the gospel, Lord. Open our hearts to your word so that we may know the truth and the truth will set us free. Thank you, Father, for it. Lord, we expect. We're not coming here uh, with false expectations. We're putting our expectations on you. We're setting our eyes and our heart on you, and we will see you flow through us right here in this service. Even while I preach, Lord, let your anointing and your power start to work in people, and let the overcoming begin right now in Jesus' name. And if you receive that for your Say amen. amen. Glory to God. You are overcomers. Amen. So let's turn uh, real quick. You have the handouts today because I wanted you, uh, if they would, put up the uh, uh, bcnotes.org. Uh, you can always go here if we have it online. Most of the time we do. Uh, bcnotes.org, not that one. That's the giving one. Uh, bcnotes.org, and you can pull it up on your phone, your tablet. What you'll see in there today is a very long list of notes and scriptures. And if you'll scroll down to How to Overcome, Part 3, it says you must overcome with joy. That's where it is. Well, I shortened that and printed it out just so you could see these scriptures and take them with you. Uh, because I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to take God's word for it. Amen. And so, uh, now the first one on there is Romans, but we're going to skip to Galatians. And let's go to Galatians 5 and verse 22. Galatians 5, 22. So Galatians 5, 22 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love... Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and then hear this, against such things there is no law. Against such things there is no law. So the fruit of the Spirit, in other words, when I am filled with the Holy Spirit, and when I put on the Spirit, and I, now listen, I put it on. And I choose to put on the fruit of the Spirit. When I choose to put on the fruit of the Spirit, I'm going to choose 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And God will empower me in those areas. But it's a choice. You know, you don't have to choose to love people. It's a choice. But we should. Because we're born again. Amen. Because we should. Because we know Jesus. <laughs> Amen. We should choose to forgive. Because we're Christians. <laughs> and we know Jesus. We should choose. It's a choice, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Now look at this. Now those who belong, yeah, and this is what's important about it. Have any of you ever felt like you didn't feel like putting any of those things on? Uh-huh. But see, now what? <laughs> I heard it. Uh, now those who belong to Christ Jesus, listen to this, they've made a choice and have crucified the flesh, that corrupted flesh we were talking about earlier, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Yeah. It's crucified it. It's killed it. Many times we get mad. You know what's getting mad? That flesh we didn't crucify. 25, if we live by the Spirit, if we're going to have life to the full till it overflows by the Spirit, then let us also walk by the Spirit or walk by His fruit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Let us not do these things. Hey, George. Did you enjoy that? No. <laughs> I'm really glad my wife didn't shoot you. <laughs> I, I really meant to get a video of y'all's faces when he did that, and I've completely forgot about it because I'm thinking he's getting ready to hit me. Did you say do it again? Ushers. <laughs> now. Many times in life, I really hope this turns red. If I'm going to pay for it let, it, let me get the full, you know, full respect for it. But many times, many times in life, you're going through life and all of a sudden, the unexpected happens. Now, let's say, obviously, I told George to do that. I informed our ushers. And uh, obviously, they were aware of it, right? Do I have your attention? <laughs> Has life ever gotten your attention like that? If he, if I had not talked to him about that, wouldn't I have to choose to forgive him? Wouldn't I have to choose? Right? In other words, I mean, it's not like just forgiveness comes on me. Oh, I forgive you. You know, it didn't just like pop on me. I had the seed of forgiveness in me, in Christ, and I have to choose to let the fruit be harvested. Trust me, if he'd have done that without me telling him, I would have to make a choice. Right? I would have to make a choice. It's not something that just goes, oh, I forgive you. Thanks for hitting me. No. Remember, even when he says, if they slap your cheek, turn the other cheek. Right? Jesus is saying, make a choice to walk in this fruit. Make a choice. 
This is huge. Now when we talk about overcoming, we have to understand there's two different points that I want you to get. And the very first point is this, is that we must choose. We must put on the fruit of the Spirit. We must choose to do it. Thank you, sir. Everybody give George a hand. You know, now everybody here didn't know that he was going to do that. I didn't see anybody stand up and be like, oh! maybe he smiled, maybe I smiled. But anyway, <laughs> find out who your friends are when somebody attacks you. Anyway, I can tell you, anybody watching online, had the ushers not known about this, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> uh, he wouldn't have gotten passed about right over there, that corner, uh, because they're watching and they're aware. But uh, they all knew and they were relaxed. Uh, were you expecting that on that level? No, <laughs> that's good. So anyway, we have to choose to do it. Well, notice this. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love. Joy. Joy. I want you to focus on joy. Now, I've asked this question before, but I love asking it because it brings some revelation. What does joy look like? <laughs> in, in the Philippines, I said, not lemon face. <laughs> what does joy look like? Amen. You need to put it on. Not me. I, I'm putting it on for you. Now you put it on. Joy has a manifestation. It's an overflowing joy. Now here, I want you to see something now. How many, time, how many times have we learned that as we kind of turn the corner from childhood into adult, we lost joy? We would say... It's not civilized. And yet, God says, it's exactly civilized. Actually, it's a fruit of who I am. If you put on me, you're going to have it. If you choose to put it on, you're going to have it. But see, that doesn't make sense to us. That doesn't make sense to us, which is point number two. In order to understand this on how to overcome with joy today, the thing, two things that I want you to uh, figure out is this. Number one, two keys to putting on the joy is, number one, you have to put it on. You have to make a choice. Just like I have to choose to love if somebody does me wrong, comes up out of the middle, uh, life is going along fine, and all of a sudden I turn the corner and I get smacked, right? I have to choose to put on love. I have to choose to put on forgiveness. And although I might not feel like putting on love, I might not feel like putting on forgiveness, I, when I make the choice, the Holy Spirit will come in and empower me to stand by that decision. And so when we choose joy, how many times, now, and I'm going to show you something today, I want you to see that when we choose joy, it is a choice. And do you realize if it's a choice, it's not something that's coming naturally at the moment. You're choosing because you don't feel like it. <laughs> you don't feel like putting on joy. And that's exactly the moment you need to choose to do it. When you don't feel like it. 
like had that been for real and George slapped me for real, I wouldn't have felt in joy at that moment. But I would have needed to choose to put on joy at that moment. Otherwise, I'm going to have a really hard time forgiving and loving him. Well, that was funny. Many times we've had attacks in our life and, and we just look now because of revelation of who God is uh, and attacks come and we're just like, <laughs> this is funny. Wow, wasn't expecting that. But we'll find joy in the middle of it. It doesn't mean we're crazy. Well, it might mean we're crazy for Jesus. But it means that there's a revelation higher than what the world without revelation is living on. We're saying, no, there's, a, there's something else at, at foot. There's something else going on. There's something you can't see behind the scenes that I'm aware of because I know that God is always leading me to triumph. I know that he is shattering the teeth of my enemies is what it says in Psalms. I know that he is bringing me to the place where I can escape this hardship. I know that the devil thinks, think about it, when Jesus was on the cross, it says, had the devils known what was really going on, they would have never crucified the king of glory while they were looking on with fleshly eyes and seeing all the logic in the spiritual realm there was something bigger happening and and had they known now i know you've got to understand that with joy when we put on joy we start to immediately move into overcoming i'm going to show you some of this all right, so now here's the second point that I want you to see is that God uses things that look foolish yep. to us. Like, for instance, somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. I mean, I, that's, how long has that been preached? For 2,000 years that's been preached. But I know people claiming to be Christians that don't get it, have spent no time and no revelation, and they're like, well, I'm not turning the other cheek. They don't even have a clue what Jesus is talking about there. But God uses foolish things to the world's logic, and that's how he teaches us to overcome. Now, why would he do that? Like, for instance, why when you're in a financial jam would God tell you to give? Why? Because what it does is that seems illogical. That seems, I mean, Spock would have a horrible time with that thinking, right? That is illogical. And why would you do that? Because when you do that, it allows somebody, no matter where they're at, where they're located, just like the widow with two mites, she gave more than everybody else there. She gave more than all the rich people because she gave with her heart. And in her giving, she was basically doing this in the spirit. Father, I trust you. Now, see, to the world, it looks completely illogical. That's why we've got to become like a child because a child will do things that's illogical, but they'll do things in faith. They will trust God above logic. If I told, listen, if I told Luke right now at six years old, dude, you can fly, 
I'd have to close and bolt all the windows upstairs. You understand why? Because a child will put on faith. And we're supposed, he says, if you don't become like a child, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Now that's not just heaven. That's talking about the place where God rules. The place where he has dominion and reign. And when we become a child in our faith, when we put on what the world calls foolish in it, is the wisdom of God. And in that is how the Lord leads us to our overcoming and our victory. You look at this verse in Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. And just, just hear this. Romans chapter 1 verse 20. He says this. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. They who? Those that think themselves smart. In other words, all you got to do is walk outside and look around and look and go. My goodness, this does not just happen. Right. The, you know, we're, we're like within you know, small percentage points of distance from the sun, of even of becoming instantly an ice age or melting. Right. I mean, it's within one or two percent, if I remember correctly. And yet we're at the perfect place to not be froze out or melted down, but even at the perfect place. For life to thrive, it don't just happen. It doesn't just happen. And you can go outside and go pick a leaf off the tree and look at the veins that are in the leaf and look at how they turn when the weather's coming and look at how they'll turn towards the sun. I mean, we, we figured it out and put it on solar panels like if you follow the sun, you'll get more energy. Leaves have been doing it for years by God's design. And yet, some you know smart person goes like, "Well, that's all the science." Well, who wrote the science? You know, one of the things that that happened is uh, recently, and many of you have heard this story, but uh, they were they were studying DNA and they got down into the DNA and they were studying. It. I love I love this, and all of a sudden they started seeing stuff. And these are biologists; these are not mathematicians. And uh, they're sitting there, and they said, they said, "Wow." We don't know what that is, but it kind of looks like computer code. It kind of looks like computer code. And so they took the information, took it over to Microsoft, and they let some of their programmers look at it. And the, the programmers over at Microsoft said this. They said, this, I don't, we don't know exactly what this is or what it does, but we can tell you for a fact. That is exactly computer code, but it is way beyond us. It is way beyond us. So, whereas today even people will, they'll argue that there's a creator. But if there's a program, nobody's arguing that there's not a programmer. Right. 
right? And so it's just God, again, proving himself for those who are looking. He'll take, he's there, he's there. All you've got to do is just open your heart, open your eyes. God is there. But yet, to someone who's quote-unquote smart, they'll try to figure out every reason why it just happened by random chance, you know? But God's there. And so what God's saying here is, look, I'm there. And, and listen to what God says so that... All, everybody, they're without excuse. All they got to do is look around and see. You know, across, across the world, in every people group, they've acknowledged there's something bigger than us. And, and many of them worship a big God they don't know who it is. And Paul said it over in Acts. He says, the, this group of people, he said, you worship the unknown God. Well, let me tell you who that unknown God is because I know him. Right? And, and so you've seen this all over. Now, watch what it goes on to say here in, in verse 21. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. So in all their smartness, verse 22, professing to become to be wise, they became fools. God takes the things that are seemingly foolish to a corrupted flesh. And he uses those to break us out. See, when somebody comes up and life slaps you, and all of a sudden you see a Christian respond with, well, glory to God. That looks foolish to the world. But yet, there's a power in it. There's something inside of that that's different. There's something inside of that. It's a foolishness to the world, but it's wisdom to God. Because here's, here's why. You can have anybody on any level, and if they'll just turn their heart. Notice here that it says they became darkened in their understanding because they didn't give God thanks and they didn't honor him. So they'll look around, they'll see God everywhere, but instead of saying, I honor you and I worship you, Lord, they'll say, well, let me show you how smart I am. That's just pride. And in their pride, they became foolish. And in their lack of giving thanks, and this tells us we should be giving thanks all the time. Matter of fact, one of the things that it tells us is to always give thanks. We should always be giving thanks. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. I think that's 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God for you. In other words, even you know, with getting slapped around by life, I know that this is not the end of the story. I know that the story goes on because I have a great big God. I have an overcomer on the inside of me. You have an overcomer on the inside of you. And even though life might have been trying to knock you around, I've got an overcomer. And in the middle of, listen to this, in the middle of a devilish attack on your life that everybody around you says is very serious, 
when you start to focus on who's on the inside of you and you start to honor him as God and give him thanks while you're sitting in the middle attack and everybody around you is worried about you, here's what happens to you because you know that you know my God has overcome the world. My God loves me. He's prepared a place for me. He's not left me or forsook me. My God, and he's here abiding in me and I'm abiding in him and in the middle of an attack, here's what happens. Ha-ha! <laughs> Glory to God. Not because you're foolish, but because you have the wisdom of the spiritual things. All of a sudden, a joy can rise inside of you. Look at this. Number one, God uses things that look foolish to us to break us through. Look at 1 Corinthians 1, 18. 1 Corinthians 1, 18. It says, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. It's foolishness. God uses what the world calls foolishness to put us on a place where everybody can receive. Whether they're, you know, here's one of the things I want you to get. So that even somebody who's gifted with a brilliant mind We're all equalized out. And all we have to do is look to God and honor Him and give Him thanks and it puts us on the same plane. And so what God does so many times is He equalizes everything out. Doesn't matter if you have a lot of money. Doesn't matter if you have a lot of brains. If you'll turn towards God and you'll honor Him and thank Him, the power of God will rush into your life. What a beautiful story because God's saying, look, you may grow up on different levels. You may come from different sides of the track, but you don't have to stay there. I've got a plan that no matter who you are, how you were raised, where you came from, I can equalize it. I can put you on a different level. I I can break you out. I can cause you to be an overcomer. And matter of fact, I've already declared it in your life. You are an overcomer because the overcomer lives within you. No matter who you are or where you come from. What a beautiful plan. That means that no matter who I am or where I've come from, I've got hope. Everybody can put on hope in God. And yet the world's trying to tell them in all their logic that he's mean old bad bad guy, right? Old man in the sky, wrinkly old man in the sky. But that's not true at all. He's sitting there going, I love you. I've got your the best intentions for you. I'm not withholding any good things to those who walk uprightly. He's got good plans to give us a future and a hope and not for calamity. This is who he is. And our job as a church is to live it and proclaim it. And in living it, we walk in that overcoming as well. So carrying on here in in verse, uh, let's see here. Verse 18 is where I said, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. See, a lot of times you're going to go out there and you're going to tell somebody about about Jesus or they're going to come in here and they're going to be thinking in an unsaved mind, that's crazy. That doesn't, like, all right, so I'm, I need more money, give. 
I, that's crazy. When I get slapped on the cheek, turn the other one, that's crazy. When, I don't, when I'm being attacked and, and the world's telling me to be upset and pity myself, you're telling me, put on joy? Exactly. Because what you're doing is saying, I can't do it myself. I've got to have God. I need God. I've got to have God in my life. See, what you're doing is you're honoring him. Lord, I can't do this by myself. Lord, I honor you. It's a, it's a sign and a symbol and an action of faith and trust that God is who he says he is. Instead of saying, well, there's no hope for me, so I might as well just be, uh, be sad. But when you put on joy, all of a sudden, joy of the Lord, it is your strength. It doesn't make sense to the world, but it makes sense to God. And, and he says here, he says, look, to you, to the world, it's foolishness. But the ones who are receiving salvation, it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. In other words, he'll take us all down to the same level so that we can receive his great level, right? Let me, let me push away the pride of life so that you can receive the fullness of life in Jesus Christ. Then he says this, and, and look at what he said there in 19, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. And this doesn't mean that you have to become less wise to receive God. It doesn't mean you have to become less clever. It means that you have to put aside man's wisdom and put on the wisdom of God. There's a different wisdom. There's a spiritual wisdom. There's a wisdom about who God is and how much he loves you and what he's got planned for you. And you have to set aside the logic of a fleshly corrupted world and you have to put on an incorrupted logic and wisdom of God. And that wisdom is found all through this book. And then he says in verse 20, Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Yeah. They can't stand against that. You know, in Job, they tried to stand against that. They had all these ideas of what had happened. And, and I, I don't know exactly why the Lord showed up, maybe to write a good book. But I, I think that he, was, he wanted to kind of set some things straight regardless. So Job's three friends, they're talking about all kinds of stuff. And Job had said some stuff. Job even goes and says, I've said wrong things about you, right? Like one of the wrong things he said about God was the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. He didn't know what he was talking about. He thought the Lord had, had been the one that uh, actually had put the curse on him. That wasn't it either. It said the destroyer did that, right? And in John 10, 10, Jesus made it clear. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. And we know that in the original language it means to the full till it overflows. In other words, Jesus made it really clear. Job said some wrong things. His friends said some wrong things. All of a sudden, God shows up on the scene and he's like, where were you? And in a matter of a few paragraphs, all of them are sitting there like, Whoa, we thought we knew something. We didn't know nothing, right? We didn't know anything because now God has shown up. And where's the debater? Where's the wise? They can't stand in front of God. God uses what men would call foolish to confound the wise. Verse 21, for since this wisdom of God 
For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. A message preached. See, people say, I'm not going to that church. That guy's just going to just talk to me or scream and yell at me and everything. And they don't realize that in a message preached is an anointing. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago about overcoming. There's a flow of God and unction. There's an anointing. And when this message is preached, an anointing of God in the Spirit goes out and you receive that and all of a sudden that anointing starts to break you open to the wisdom of God and now the answers to go overcome come in. You become empowered. And he says the foolishness of a message preached is the power of God. Later on down in this passage it says, he uses foolishness to confound, to confuse, like he just, he just blows their mind using what they call foolishness, and yet the wisdom of God just stands. You saw it in Jesus. You know, the Pharisees, they were trying to trap him, and uh, they're trying to catch him in a hard place, so they thought they had the perfect trap. They said, look, we're going to find somebody, and uh, they're going to be sinning, so they found the adulterous woman. We're going to take him before Jesus. We're going to trap him, because if he doesn't say to stone her, he breaks the law. Right? But if he says stoner, he's going to lose the hearts of the people. Right? They thought they were so wise. And, and Jesus, he's just like, oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Wow, that's some nice dirt. Look at that dirt that I made. I wonder if y'all could make some of that dirt. He starts drawing in the dirt. There's many speculations as to what he was drawing in the dirt, but it's, it's speculation as far as I know. And and he's sitting there. Some people think he wrote out the names of sins that they had committed. And some people think that he's just looking at his creation because he was there when it was created. But regardless, what he's really doing uh, for the most part is he's sitting there because the word says he never said anything but what he heard the father say. So he's about to say something, and he's not just going to make it up. I need to hear your wisdom. And in the middle of it, he says this. He says, hey, I tell you what, you who are without sin, you throw the first stone. Because if we, in other words, what he was saying is, if we can stone her for her sins, we can stone you for yours. And you know they're all like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now, I think right then, if you could look at the throne of God, I think, um, because I'll show you a scripture a little bit later on in Psalms chapter 2, I think if you could have seen God, the Father, sitting on the throne, he'd have looked like this. You know why? Because it says he laughs at the enemies that try to destroy you. He scoffs at them. I think he put on joy right in that moment. And the power of overcoming came. All of a sudden, not only did Jesus escape the trap, they all dropped their, they, they all dropped, uh, their accusations. Those rocks that they were carrying, they were accusations. They, they were so happy to beat another human being down just so that they could win. And not only did they not win, but the accusations they had towards one another and the judgment, the, the, the sentence that they had already decided they were willing to carry out, 
they started dropping left and right. Boom, boom, boom. And what looked like foolishness to mankind was the wisdom of God, and it just confounded. And all of a sudden, well, they thought this woman was about to die. And all of a sudden, he walks to her and he says, hey, look. And, and, and you've got to think about it. He had the ability, if anyone there had the ability to throw the stone, it was him. He had no sin. He could have just picked it up and started chunking. He had every legal right to do that. But he walks to the lady and says, neither do I accuse you. All the power of the wisdom of God. And then he says... You remember the word says this. It says, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Or it's the goodness of God that empowers people to change. He says, because most, most people in the church are like, don't come through those doors till you get yourself cleaned up. But Jesus was like, come through the doors. I'll forgive you and clean you and empower you to go and not be, not be dirty again. Go and sin no more. Oh, the wisdom of God. God uses the foolishness of the world to bring us to the place of overcoming. Joy is like that. If you saw, and, and many of you here have experienced a supernatural joy of the Lord, and it may come today, it may not, I'm not going to try and, you know, we're not manufacturing, if he pours it out, he does it. But it looks like foolishness. It looks like foolishness. You know, and, and if you've never seen it before, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if it came today because I'm preaching on it, but it, if you've ever seen it, you just, all of a sudden, the joy of the Lord hits somebody, and they can't stop laughing. Yeah. They can't stop laughing. How, how many people have experienced that before? Now, here's the, here's the thing. Now, let me just ask you a question. Hold your hand up. You've experienced that joy before. Now, I only want you to put your hand down if when that supernatural joy hit you, that you didn't feel a release. If when that joy hit you, you felt the things of the world fall off of you and you started to immediately be strengthened and overcome. Now, you might not have understood it, but you felt the weight fall off of you. Keep your hand raised. Not one hand went down. But now I want you to do that. Think about that. Think about it. If you saw all those people right now just start laughing in the middle of this service, what would that look like to you? What would it look? It would look like foolishness. It would look weird. It would look strange. And yet God supernaturally strengthened his people. You just saw however many testimonies where the joy had hit people and things fell off their life and not one hand went down. Why? Because God's word is true. Let every man be a liar. And he will use things that look foolish to turn you into an overcomer. It's the person, now watch, it's the same thing in, in Romans that sees God or sees a promise in his word and decides not to honor him or thank him. In other words, they would see something they don't understand and then go, that's just weird. I'm never going back there. What is that doing? It's not thanking him. Look at, or raise your hand again, those people that, that had received that joy. Look at how many testimonies over what God has done. Look at all of them. And who are we to sit there and say, well, I just don't believe that and I'm not accepting it. And I'm not praising God for their victory and their breakthrough. That's pride. That's pride. 
And that's what happens so many times, and not just in joy, but in many different ways. People will say, well, I'm just not going to go out. They're not willing to open themselves up to God. They just want to open themselves up to what they're comfortable with. But God says, I'll take the foolishness, and I'll set the captive free. I'll take the foolish things of the world and set the captive free. And joy is like that. That's why, have you ever seen somebody, especially if they're a believer, it's like everything bad around them is happening and they just are not phased by it. That's somebody walking in joy. That's somebody walking in some knowledge that most everybody else doesn't have. Like, you know, if you knew the number of things that come across our desk every single week, you'd, you'd be like, glory to God. I need to know what they know because it's, it's constant. It's a constant thing. Why? Because people are people. And they have a corrupted flesh and, and they don't always handle it right, you know. And, and if you saw, how, how you would think, how can they still be happy? How can they have joy? How can they smile at all? It would be such a testimony to you, but I don't want you to see it because you'd probably get beat down. You'd probably be like, golly, you know. But no, there's a grace. There's a supernatural strength like it doesn't bother us like it used to. We have to learn. We have to get those spiritual muscles bigger, but, but it doesn't, we're empowered to do that. And we all can be empowered to live just like that. An overcomer, even when things look like they stink. And what I'm telling you is even when they look like they stink, God's on the inside of you. Yeah. God, the overcomer's right here with you. He's never leaving you nor forsaking you. And no matter what, no matter how much pressure the devil puts on you, no matter how much or how long you feel like you've been standing there, I've got an overcomer on the inside of me, and I know what it feels like, but the devil don't know what I know. i got my overcomer on the inside of me. I'm not backing down. He's the one that's going to back down, not me. Having done all, I'm going to stand, and I will see the victory. And all of a sudden, you start laughing laughing right in the middle of it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm reminded when I get to points like this, I remember watching uh, a, a street brawler one time when YouTube first came out and uh, all the videos were all pixelated and grainy. It wasn't like YouTube today. And uh, I remember, you know, when it was first coming and there was a street fighter, right? And they would get in a street fight, and I mean, it'd be graphic, and I probably shouldn't have been watching those. Lord, I repent right now in front of everybody. Anyway, I was watching, and I remember one, and this dude was tough, man. This dude was tough. And uh, I mean, I, there was one video, like, he hit this guy, and it was ugly what happened, right? Anyway, so this one time, this other guy comes up. This was a tough guy. And this one guy comes up, and it, this guy's like... You know, and he comes up against this particular street fighter, and uh, and and they're sitting there, and this big guy, he hits, he hits the street fighter guy with like everything he's got, boom, and the street fighter, and he go, he goes, oh, that's all you got, that's all you got, and that, you know that big guy was like, oh no, this is gonna go bad, and that's the way we gotta be in the spirit. Oh, that's all you got, devil? You're trying to put pressure on me? You 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 gotta get crazy with with Jesus. I'm just I'm crazy. I, I'll tell you, I go, that's all you got. I mean, don't even talk straight. Just get mad at the devil. It's okay. 
Get something on the inside of you yeah. that looks different. Yeah. That looks different. Get, get some conviction and some resolve that God is on your side. And if he's on your side, who can come against you? All of a sudden, you start putting that on, you start becoming the overcomer. Not too long ago, I was talking to somebody, and uh, I was thinking earlier, George. George was in the Army, I was in the Marines. And uh, I was like, I just fulfilled your dream, George. <laughs> You can, yeah, you're welcome. And uh, anyway, I was talking to somebody who was in some specialized pieces of the Army not too long ago, and um, they have had some training. I mean, they have had some good training, right? They know, they were more highly trained than I was, for sure. I was just, you know, I just went to Marine Corps boot camp, which is tough, and it's, and I was talking to them, and I said, I said, you know, I said, here's the thing, we were talking about mindset. And I said, the issue, like we were trained, but even more than the training was we had this mindset that we were invincible, right? We had this mindset, like, all right, like this, like no evil will come against you. Every weapon formed against you shall not prosper, right? You are kept from the evil one. You know, scriptures that no evil nor any plague should come near your dwelling. You will quench every fiery dart with the shield of faith. You get some promises like that and you put it in the right person with a, with a crazy for Jesus mindset and the devil's got his hands full. Anyway, I was talking to him and I said, I said it was our mindset that coming out of boot camp, we literally thought we were bulletproof and invincible. I mean, we just thought that, you know. And... We were to a certain extent. I mean, there was you, because you take that mindset into a fight, it devastates. It's an it's a, it's a overcoming mindset. And uh, this, you know, this guy in the army, and uh, we were talking about that, and I said, I said, it's not that, you know, I said, if I came against you, you've got so much more training, you'd probably be able to handle me well. And he said, no, no, no. He said, wait a second. He said, let me, let me tell you the truth. He said, yeah, we may have more training, but if we ever came, we know, if we ever came into a fight with a Marine, he said, they think on, we know, they think on a different level. They think, and, and, and we know, we, we would go into it sad. Like, I might win, but this is going to hurt. Right? I might win, but this is going to hurt. Because that Marine's not going to give up. And see, if we'll get to that place inside of us towards the devil, I've got me some promises. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I'm an overcomer in him. I've got the overcomer on the inside of me. Do you know what lives on the inside of you? If you're born again, do you know the power that you have? I was thinking about this in prayer uh, over in uh, James chapter 5. It says this. It says in James chapter 5 that one man prayed and it stopped raining across the whole earth. One man. 
He didn't have Jesus. This is Elijah in James chapter 5. And then it says, uh, some time later, the same man prayed and rain happened all over the earth. One man without Jesus. One man without the overcomer living on the inside of him. Now he had the, fully, the Holy Ghost on him, but he did not have a, a Savior in Jesus Christ. He prays, rain stops. So he affected the whole earth. Yeah. Now I was thinking about that verse that says, if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. If one man praying can affect the whole earth, Two men praying can affect the whole solar system. Do you understand what we have on the inside of yeah. us? See, that's the thing of the devil is to, for you to lose who you actually are. Over in Ephesians chapter 1 it says this. Paul says, I pray that your eyes of understanding will be enlightened so that you will see uh, what is your inheritance, basically, I'm going to sum it up. What you have received from God, and he says, it's, it's on this level. The same power that's in you as a believer in Christ is the same power that brought up Jesus from the dead. Resurrection power is in every believer. When you start to see that, you start to meditate on it, you start to let that hit. See, that sounds crazy to the world, yet God said right. it very clearly. And all of a sudden, the devil comes up to you. You start letting that hit home. Start, you start to find out who you are in Christ. All of a sudden, the devil comes up, and he looks all big and bad as a roaring lion. And you stand up and be like, oh, that's all you got? It's over. It's over. This fight's already over. You don't even know it yet. Because I got an overcomer. I got resurrection power on the inside of me. This is it. It's over. It's over. God uses the foolishness. And joy is that. The joy of the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Many people are not walking in strength anymore because they have no joy. Because the last time they really had joy was when they were a kid. And God says, I want you to be children all the time. I want you to walk as children all the time with joy. When's the last time you had a really, really, really good laugh? Do you know what would happen if that happened to you? All of a sudden, the strength of God would start to fill you. It releases. It's not just, it's, you know... Uh, see, here's where psychiatrists trying to become wise, they would be like, well, it releases these endorphins and this and that and everything else. No, it's spiritual. Right. It's spiritual. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. There's something spiritual that happens because the joy of the Lord is the strength of God. The strength of God. We must put on the fruit of the Spirit and do it on purpose. To be strengthened by joy, we must put on joy. In Isaiah, you don't have to turn here, but it's on your notes. Isaiah 61.3, it says that we have the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You see, have you ever been to a big football game or a big game, you know, and you know, your team comes out, and what's the crowd doing? The home team. Like this. Now, they, they hadn't even scored the goal yet. They hadn't even blown the whistle. 
And they're all shouting and praising their team for the potential. Ahead of time. For the potential. See, the reason why we don't put on joy is because we don't know ahead of time the potential for real. We might have heard it preached one time, but it's not real in our hearts. But when these words, when the anointing of the word preached starts to hit your heart and cause your knowledge to be changed and a mind to be renewed, all of a sudden the devil comes in and you're like, oh. You don't know the potential of what's on the inside of me. I got Jesus the overcomer on the inside of me. There's somebody bigger and stronger that's backing me. And he looks bigger than me. He carries more weight than I do by myself. But he and I were one. I got a big brother. And you better watch out. Right? And all of a sudden, there's a joy. There's a praise. Like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, that picture of the little brother and the big brother and when the little brother finds out that the big brother's back there, all of a sudden he gets big, right? He, get, he gets strong. He puts on something else, right? That's the way we are to be when we read these scriptures because the devil's trying to, he's as a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He's as one. He's trying to get you into fear to back you out of childlike faith, to back you out of what God's promised you so that you'll back away from who you actually are in Christ. If we wouldn't begin to know who we actually are in Christ, the devil could do nothing with us. Nothing. When we start to know who we really are. We've got to put on joy. So in Isaiah 61 it says, look, I've given you the garment of praise. He says right there too, I've given you the oil of joy. See, I can have, I got oil, I carry anointing oil with me everywhere I go. I got oil right here. But guess what? It can sit in my pocket all day long. If I don't pull it out and put some on, I'm not carrying the manifestation of it. I've got to put it on. I can have, you know, I can have that coat of, of, of heaviness, right? And I can have it. I've got to decide to take the coat of heaviness off, and I'm saying, I'm putting on praise. Ha, 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 you stupid devil. I'm putting on praise. You just thought you won. You done messed with the wrong person. It's over. It's over. It's over. I know who I am. I'm putting on praise. I'm putting on praise. I'm putting on praise. You do it on purpose. You do it on purpose. All of a sudden you get into, uh, even uh, Mark, you were in the Marines as well. You get on, you sing, you start singing cadences, who you are. You, you, and I can't repeat them in here, but they were, <laughs> you start singing who you are. And we started singing, you know, people come up against us, they're going to die, right? You start, this is what the word says, this is confession. The Marines are just using a biblical principle. You start putting it on, you start believing that stuff. You start putting on the truth of God's word and you become impenetrable. Now it's not that because it's... See, what we were saying is not backed by bulletproof. (laughs) Right? But it caused us to have a mindset. But when you're backed by the truth, every fiery dart is backed by the power and faith in God. And nothing can penetrate it. 
This is how you overcome. You start seeing who you are. The word he told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Meditate on my word day and night, and then you will make your way successful. That word meditate means to murmur it. In other words, you take the promises of God, you take the word of God, and you start putting that in your mouth. You start confessing those things in your life. All of a sudden, you will start to make your way successful. This is a promise of God. This is a promise of God. You start to put in, I have the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm an overcomer. I'm the head and not the tail, according to Deuteronomy 28. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed in the field and I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed going in, I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed because of what Christ has done for me. No evil shall befall me. No plague will come near my dwelling. Now, it's not that the devil won't attack it. Several weeks ago, uh, we had, I have a confession that I say every time I see matching numbers on the clock, 11, 11, 12, 12, 111, 222, anytime, it just reminds me to make a confession. So I say this, I say that, I say we are out of debt and carry a debt canceling anointing. We walk in the full manifestation of our inheritance in Christ. We keep increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And then I just added one. And how this all came about is I started confessing we're out of debt and carrying the debt cancel anointing. And the next year in the church, we saw almost over $950,000 of debt supernaturally erased in the lives of people. I thought, my goodness, I need to murmur and confess some other stuff. I need to meditate on some other stuff like Joshua 1.8 says. I need to confess some more things. So I added to it. Well, recently I said, I'm, I'm tired of seeing sickness in our home. I'm tired of seeing it in the family of Boomerang. That We are called to walk in divine health. Jesus already took our stripes that we would be healed. We're not waiting on it. He's already done it. So I added to our confession. I said, I said we have divine health now and we carry an anointing for divine healing. Now that was about four or five weeks ago. About three days later, everybody in here was coughing. Why? Everybody in here was coughing. I mean, I got up here one night, uh, we were having a meeting, and it was like we started the meeting, and it was like, you know, you know the playing of a, of a symphony. <coughs> and I was like, that's enough! That's the devil. He's trying to impede on your territory. And you got to stand up and say no. And so we started taking authority right there. Well, why, why is that? Well, I was trying to do what God told me to do. And, and of course, the devil, he's your enemy. It says he comes immediately to steal the seed of the word. He comes immediately to steal the seed of the word. He's not just going to let you, oh, look, that Paul's getting stronger in the Lord. Oh, he's getting really strong right now. Well, let's just let him go and see what happens. That's not the devil. The devil's like, oh, he's getting strong. Ugh. He'll try to take him out. Do whatever he can. But when we start walking with the Lord, I'm glad you didn't flinch. I was pretty close. Uh, when we start walking with the Lord, all of a sudden we start to realize, okay, the devil's going to try something, but it cannot stand. It cannot stand. 
One, and then uh, the other night, Abigail's not in here, but uh, she had been coughing, and, and it was like not sounding good, you know. It wasn't really sounding good, and, and then we were just believing God, and then, then all of a sudden it started sounding better. I was like, glory to God. And um, then all of a sudden, like the, one day she wasn't coughing at all. I was like, hallelujah, glory, we got victory over this in Jesus' name. But it had lingered, you know. And then one night, well, it was men's group. It was just this week. Man, seemed like three weeks ago. Anyway, just this week, I get home, and Nicole goes, you might want to go check on Abigail. I said, what for? She said she had a really bad night, and she broke a fever, and, like, she was completely shivering and everything and coughing. And uh, I noticed that day she had coughed a little bit more, and, uh, man, she had had a complete attack. We were right on the edge of that breakthrough. And uh, I, I went to go see Abigail. I prayed for her. I, I cursed that sickness in Jesus' name. Why? Because we have divine health in our bodies right. now. And we carry an anointing for divine healing. This is scripture. And so then all of a sudden I prayed for her. I rebuked that junk. And then I came back downstairs. And I was going out. And Nicole said, where are you going? I said, I'm going outside. I got some praying to do. You know. So I walked out back. And, you know, it's dark, and we don't have many neighbors. Well, we do have one, but they're a ways off. But they might have heard me um, because I was praying. I'm not standing. No, you don't just let the, an enemy keep attacking you and do nothing about it. Right. You stand. Having done all, stand. Whose job is it to resist the devil? Right. It's our job to resist the devil. God, God's saying, I'm going to empower you. You resist the devil and he will flee. So I needed to do some resistance. No, I go out there in the name of Jesus. Father, right now I come against that sickness. I come against this attack. It shall not stand in Jesus' name. Leave my family. Leave my home. Get out of the church in the name of Jesus. Health be divine health. Father, I believe I have received it right now according to Mark 11. I received that right now and started standing up against that thing. Now, I've done that before in the past and it didn't work, but... I've learned, I've gotten better, I've, I've, I've learned what was holding me back in those prayers. But we've learned a few things. And I knew, and when I walked away from outside, I knew I had peace. Something had happened. I went to sleep, I slept great. All of a sudden I get up the next morning and uh, I had to leave early. And I said, hey, how's, how's Abigail doing? She says, she's awesome, she's like a brand new person. Glory to God, because there's an overcomer inside of us. There's an overcomer inside of us. And it's not just because I'm a pastor. i got to believe the same way you do. There's an overcomer on the inside of you. There's an overcomer on the inside of us. You've got more than a conqueror that's living. And he's not. he doesn't have to beat back death, hell, and the grave. He's already done it. He's already conquered a sickness and disease. He's already conquered that lack. You're not dealing with somebody who's going to win. He's already won. And he knows what to do. And and it's at his command. Yeah. He's looking for somebody who will say, a people who will say, Lord, I'm going to put on you when it looks crazy. I'm going to let joy be my strength. Watch this. We'll, we'll go quickly here. Look at Psalm 2, or excuse me, look at Philippians 4.4. 4. Just look on the paper. I'll just read them to you. Listen to this. Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now, when the Lord repeats something, that means it's really important. 
He doesn't, he doesn't need to say things but once. So when he repeats it, he says, rejoice. Do you know what that means? Put on joy again. Many times we've received a blessing from God where the power of God flowed in our life. And at that moment, joy came because we felt a release. He's saying, think back about who I am. Because I didn't, just because you don't feel it right now doesn't mean that I have changed. In other words, don't, don't believe that just because you feel bad or you just got a slap from life that I, my character, God's character has changed. Right. It hadn't changed. Put on joy again because I'm the same God that delivered you then and I'm the God that will deliver you now. Like with David and Goliath, he said, David said, if he delivered me from the bear and from the lion, he will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. He will help me. He will strengthen me. I don't need the worldly armor. I don't need the worldly wisdom. I need my God who loves me and has the best for me at his heart. And if he was with me then, he'll be with me now. He's saying, put on joy again. I've got this battle I'm going to win. You know, everybody watching David going out there, we can all say they were in faith, but we know we were like, "Mm, I sure hope he wins this. But David had faith. The eyes of the Lord are going to and fro throughout the whole earth looking to see whose heart is pure towards him, whose heart is in faith, whose heart is like a little child, whose heart is ready to receive. Lord, whatever you got from me, I'll receive it. So that the Lord, it's in 2 Chronicles, it says, so that the Lord might show himself strong on their behalf. He says this, rejoice in the Lord always. This is a command. This is a command. Always. That means always when you feel like joy, when you don't feel like joy. When you feel like joy, when you don't feel like that joy. He's saying, put on joy. Even when you don't feel like it. Wear it like a coat. Put it on at all times. Because even if you don't feel like it, it doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change who Jesus is in your life. All of a sudden, you don't feel like joy doesn't change him from being an overcomer. Doesn't change him from being not being inside you. The only thing that it can do is it can change what you receive. Right. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice always. It's a command again, rejoice always. Philippians 3, 1 through 3, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Put on joy, put on joy in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit, and we are these people that rejoice in the Messiah Jesus, in Christ Jesus, in the anointed Jesus and His anointing. We rejoice. There's an anointing living on the inside of me, and and have, listen to this, have no confidence in the flesh. So see, when life slaps you, It's going to try and tell you all the reasons why you're not going to win. And he says, don't put confidence in the fleshly logic. Put confidence in the anointed Christ. Rejoice. Put on joy in Christ. In Psalms 2, 1, he says, why are the nations 
in an uproar and the people devising a vain thing? Why are the nations, in other words, these are the enemies of God and the enemies of God's people. They're devising something vain and prideful. They're trying to do something that will never work. That's what it's saying. He says, the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers counsel together against the Lord, against His anointed, against Jesus and against you because you're in Jesus. He says, in other words, the world is putting together these vain plans to take them down, to take Jesus down and to take His people down, to take His family down. The world is doing that. Why are they doing this prideful thing? He says, verse 3, Let us tear their feathers apart and cast away their cords for us. For, for he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. So the Lord in heaven, sitting on the throne, the Lord in heaven sitting on the throne and he's watching and he's seeing his people and he's seeing, oh man, they're coming against Jesus here and they're coming against the body of Christ here. And, and, and the Lord's like, they are crazy. <laughs> what do they think they're doing? They think this is going to work? Do they know who I am? Is my arm shortened that I can't reach down and help them? Am I too weak that I can't empower my people? <laughs> he laughs at them. He scoffs at them. You remember Elijah in the showdown with the prophets of Baal? He, they're calling on Baal to come and light this fire. And he's going, hey, where's he at? Maybe your God's sitting in the, on the toilet. Yeah. Why? Because he knew something on the inside of him. My God is real. Your God's not. Now look, if, if he didn't know that his God was real, like, if you don't know that, I wouldn't, imagine, I wouldn't advise you doing that. But if you know that you know, and this is where we can get to, that you know that you know. In the middle of the hardest battles, a joy starts to come on you. <laughs> this is funny. This is funny, devil. Oh, look at what this vain thing you've tried to come against. Oh, this is funny. And what are you doing? You're becoming like your daddy. You're becoming like your daddy. You're putting on joy. One of the greatest blessings of my life is when our kids start to act like us, you know. When they tell a bad joke, Nicole wipes tears out of her eyes. <laughs> when they start doing things that we do, it's like, oh, look at that. Oh, your father in heaven the same way. Look at that. They just put on faith. Did you see them declaring the end from the beginning right there? Did you see them declaring the overcomer? Did, they, did you see them standing and resisting the devil? Did you see them? Look, they just put on joy. They just started laughing at the devil. They're starting to get it. They're starting to get it. It's growing on the inside of them. They're getting ready. Oh, the devil's going to have a hard time with them soon because they're starting to believe who they are in Jesus. Make your father happy. Look like him. Put on joy. Laugh. At the challenges. Laugh at the slaps in the face. Put on joy. Last verse here. Isaiah 12. Let's turn there. All of that was to give you this verse. 
Isaiah chapter 12. They'll put it up on the screen. In verse 1. Then you will say on that day, I will give you thanks, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. For although you were angry with me, your anger is turned away. The anger is turned away through Jesus Christ. You may have messed up before today. You may have done things wrong. But there's a time coming that Isaiah is prophesying about when the anger of God is turned because of the love of God is poured out through Jesus, his son. When he gave his life and he became pleased with all men, not because they had done it right, but because of Jesus. So he's talking about you today. And he says, verse 2, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. You see what's happening here? He's putting on a strength. What's the strength? The joy of the Lord is strength. He's putting on a strength. Remember to Joshua, he said, Be strong and very courageous. He said, meditate on the word day and night. Put on the strength when you don't feel like it. Put on the strength when the world slaps you. Put on a strength. He says, behold, God is my salvation. He's confessing. My Savior, you might be coming against me. I might be having something to overcome, but God is my salvation. He's confessing. I know where my saving is coming from. I know who will empower me. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord my God is my strength and song. He's saying that because fear has tried to grip him. He's saying that because it looks like he's not going to win. Like he's not going to overcome. He's saying that. Because he's being attacked. He's saying, but that, this, this attack is trying to drive me one way, but I'm going back the other way. I'm taking ground. I'm not losing ground. I'm taking ground. Is anybody with me? I'm not going to lose it. Just say it with me. Say, I'm not going to lose ground. I'm going to take ground. I'm going to put on strength. I'm not going to give it up. I'm going to choose to put on joy. Verse 3, watch this. Read this in in the King James here. Uh, Verse 3. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. How do you draw your salvation up? Now, this is not just talking about eternal salvation. In salvation, there is healing, deliverance, protection, restoration, and provision. All of these things. If you need provision in your life, it's a part of salvation and you draw it up with joy. You draw it up with joy. If you need healing in your body, you draw it up with joy. You draw it up if you need restoration, if you need protection, if you need deliverance. You draw it up with joy. You put on joy. You put it on. While we were in prayer earlier this week, uh, I just I remembered uh, the Star Wars movie and the Ewoks. And you remember they're doing work and they're do that do that do God do that do that do God do that do that do God. Right? Anybody remember that song? You are looking at me like you never saw or heard Star Wars in your life. And here they are. What are they doing? They're working with joy. They're putting on joy. 
And that's the way we need to be. Like, even in the middle of the attack. Oh, you're not going to bother me, devil. You're really an idiot. We're still going to win because I'm an overcomer. And, and I got an overcomer on the inside of me. All of a sudden, you start putting on joy. You start putting it on. And with joy, we draw up out of the wells of salvation. In other words, this is the bucket that carries your promise. Joy is the bucket that carries your promise. Joy is the bucket that will bring healing. Joy is the bucket that will bring provision and finances. Joy is the bucket that will bring protection. This is why the devil wants you to get out of your joy because if he can get you out of your joy, he can stop the flow of salvation into your life. He'll sap your strength and all of a sudden you'll be at that place. Anybody ever felt like the devil has sapped my strength completely. Goodness knows I have. And it's that moment right there that you say, I'm going to put on joy. I'm going to put on joy. And the world's going to think I'm nuts. But I'm not trying to impress the world. I'm impressing Jesus. And I'm walking like he told me to walk. And all of a sudden the joy will bring your strength. Now, y'all been looking at me all day like you need to put on some joy. (laughs) And so I just want you to do it. Just close your eyes for a second and just put on joy. Be like a kid again. Let the joy of the Lord flood your life. Lord, pour out your joy. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Lord, thank you. Bring the joy. Bring the joy of God. Bring the joy of the Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Hey, hey, hey. Sombatrukuma heitene. Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. Put on joy. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, for your joy. Thank you for it being new and fresh. (laughs) Joy of the Lord. Joy of the Lord. Lord, thank you. I will tell you, in a service like this, the more you you resist it, (laughs) the bigger it comes when it comes. (laughs) Thank you, Father, for your joy. Thank you, Lord, for your joy. Lord, what are we asking for? We're asking for fresh strength. Fresh strength. Fresh strength. Fresh strength. In Jesus' name, glory to God. (laughs) Hey, 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 Glory to God. Joy. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy. (laughs) Joy. Now see what's happening is, what had happened was, that as that joy has started to be acted upon, it starts releasing it for other people. You remember when uh, Peter was in the jail, 
or excuse me, Paul and Silas were in the jail, and all of a sudden, they started praising God. They put on praise, even though they probably felt very heavy, and they put on praise, and all of a sudden, it started breaking the chains of everybody around them. And so as you've started to loosen up and become like a child again in God, put on what the world calls foolish, it helps other people receive. Now see, if I paid good money, if I paid good money for her to go up on stage and I want you to just laugh hysterically, like it would be hard for me to get her to do that, right? That's like, I mean, there's some people in here, like I couldn't pay you $100,000 to do that and you would do it. And it'd be hard for you to just put it on. That's just supernatural. That's the Holy Ghost. What's he doing? Pouring out strength, pouring out joy. <laughs> and watch, anybody here that's not had a dose of joy from the Holy Ghost before, and you get it today, you'll walk out of here feeling like the weight of the world just lifted off of you. God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. He uses foolish things to get his power to people. And we need to become more like kids. Stop being like the world has taught us to be an adult. She's got something to be in joy over. God's moving in her life. God's moving in her life. God's moving in her life. <laughs> Lord, let your anointing bring strength. This is a teenager in high school. <laughs> Y'all know they don't. There's a reputation to uphold. <laughs> Joy in the public is the last thing that they naturally want to be seen doing. It's the anointing of God. Why? To bring strength. To make you an overcomer. Hey, 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 hey. I want you to see, you know, not, haven't I told you already? Haven't I told you already that the world will sit there? What's going on, Jerry? Ha, ha, ha. Now, you didn't raise your hand. This never happened to you before. Now, am I making you do this? What's happening? Now, what? and it's okay. You can, you can watch because there's people that don't know. There's people that don't know. I can't make that happen. That's the joy of the Lord. And see, people, they, they don't understand it. They look at it and God says, now watch what happens. I'll pour out strength. There's a whole realm of God that people don't tap into because they put on being an adult. 
Those people couldn't even make it through this service, especially when the joy hit. You know what I found? Money, money and joy, money and joy cause the religious to scramble. I mean, it's like turning on the light with bugs, you know. Causes them to scramble. Money and joy. But see, what happens is when you get the religious to scramble, all of a sudden unity comes into a place. And then God says in Psalm 133, that's not out of order. Do you remember in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Ghost fell, everybody thought they were drunk? Right? But what happened? 3,000 people were added that day. Joy of the Holy Ghost. Fire of God. Ha ha, yes, isn't it is to the More joy. <laughs> That's never happened to you either. Now, if I told you all service I was going to make that happen, you would be resisting me with everything you got. No, I'm not doing it. I'm an adult. <laughs> but the anointing of God. Isn't it funny that we all want peace and we all want strength and we all want money, and yet as soon as you preach on how to get more of it, everybody's like, I ain't listening. That's crazy. That's that crazy church. I told you at the beginning of this series. You start becoming an overcomer, you have to yield yourself to the Lord, and it will put pressure on your flesh. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, stay. I'm staying away from Levi and Paul because I know what will happen if I go over there. Joy of the Lord come. Strength rise up. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your joy. Lord, thank you for lifting the weight in Jesus' name. was putting on joy. <laughs> oh.
See, God's not looking for the stiffs. He's looking for the kids. Who will be my kids? You know how joyful it makes me to chase my kids down and tickle them? That's what the Holy Ghost is doing right now. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Hey, 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 My dad was in the Marines too. He said one time, he said they were standing in formation and you know, you can't, you can't break out. Now don't let the joy hit you, okay? <laughs> For goodness sakes, hold, with, withhold yourself. Be a good adult. Anyway, the joy, <laughs> he said they were standing in formation. And you know, when they're standing there, they can't move, they can't crack a smile, they can't even look anywhere but forward, like that's a real deal. And they're sitting there in formation, and somebody had one of those laughing boxes in the barracks and set it in the window. And all of a sudden, out of the barracks, it came, <laughs> and all of them, they were doing good for so long, and then it just broke, and they were in so much trouble. I mean, everybody was laughing. Joy is contagious. God has made his strength contagious. Now, see, now I've watched over the last few weeks I've watched, I saw you laughing earlier now. I saw it. I've watched as just when I prayed for you, even in, in the Holy Ghost, praying, and I've watched how the power of God has just come into you each week. But he's got more than a few ways to do it. Because he's kind of like a big God, you know. He's got a lot of ways, doesn't he? And um, it's just my strengthened wife. She's so strong. <laughs> so anyway, and then even this, even in the joy, this is a flow of the Holy Ghost that you see actually in Acts chapter 2. But you see the religious fight against it. Why is it that we want to fight against the prosperity of God, the healing of God, the joy, and we want to be stiff and hard? It, don't you know that when we're stiff and hard, we become rigid. We're easy to break. Right? And then he just pours it out. And so, Lord, just pour it out some more. Pour out your joy in Jesus' name. And I know, I know people go, golly, this is foolishness to me. This does not make sense. But yet then they'll come out the other side of it and be like, holy cow, I feel better. Holy cow, I feel better. <laughs> and you put it on. <laughs> Peace of God and grace of God. Peace of God and grace of God. See, I'm not even calling people up front. If I called them up front, they'd be all over the floor. They would be everywhere, all over the floor. Now tell me, do you feel lighter? Do you feel lighter? Now who did that? God in his love. 
ha ha ha, we need the strength of God. We need the strength of God. Ha ha ha. Hey, hey, hey. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 how you doing? Man, you preach that message, you give all the scriptures, you try to be so serious, and then one shot of joy, and people start running. Did I not paint a bit clear enough picture in the scripture that God uses the foolishness? I didn't even believe this was real. <laughs> He's like, those people are acting crazy. Like, I like Pastor Brian, and he preaches good, but I don't even understand that. Then <laughs> all of a sudden, one night, <laughs> one night, I didn't do it. The Holy Ghost did it. And he's in a pool of laughing tears over there. And all of a sudden... The joy of the Lord. <laughs> I see him revving you up. <laughs> Y'all can't see it. I just put my foot on his foot and I'm tapping it like a throttle. Joy, 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 joy. joy. <laughs> oh, I hear the Lord saying, you've tried to put it all in place and figure it all out, and my goodness, have you taken some notes. But it's not in your notes. <laughs> vroom, vroom, in the joy. Vroom. <laughs> Glory to God. Now that's prophetic to you. Joy, receive it. When you feel him hit the throttle of joy in your life, boom, you just put it on. <laughs> glory to God. Hey, glory to God. Now, let me ask you a question. When you, uh, when you broke out in joy just a few minutes ago, did that overcome you or did you put it on? You put it on, right? Ah, okay, good. Now watch, can I, take, can I take the garment of heaviness off and put on praise? Don't I rejoice put on joy? Now watch this in all seriousness. When he put it on on purpose, just like Paul and Silas put on praise in the jail, it broke chains off of everybody. When he put it on on purpose, how many felt there was a break in you and you could receive? Raise your hand. 
Look at that. That's almost everybody in here. When he put it on on purpose, something broke in the whole place. And it wasn't just because it sounded funny. That was somebody stepping out in faith. What was happening was his faith, Lord, all right, I trust you, and I need a breakthrough. I'm going to step out. And when he did that, it, it, that anointing that he drew on with joy, it released a breakthrough for everybody. Can you see that? It's important that we put on joy whether we feel like it. Remember how we started today. He came up here. I've got to put on love and put on forgiveness. We've got to learn how to put on joy. And the more you put on joy, now just watch. The more you put on joy, the more you can flow in it. That means the more you can flow in strength, right? And the easier it is for you to access the strength of God. Because the more you put on joy, the easier it is for you to flow. The more you put it on, the easier it is for you to flow. And when that anointing is released, you'll just receive it. Anointing be, Lord. Joy of the Lord. Joy. Thank you. Now, I'm a pray in the Holy Ghost, and I'm a pray in all seriousness. I'm not even going to make funnies, okay? Watch. It's the anointing. Lord, anoint them. Fill them with your strength and fill them with your joy. 
What's God doing? Well, maybe they need an extra dose of strength this week that you don't know about. Many times we're just thinking about ourselves. We just want to go on. We just want to do that. Maybe they needed strength. Maybe they needed recovery from some attacks. It's not always about us. And see, joy's not always about us. Many times we need to be walking in strength so that when that person who attacks us we can forgive them in the strength of the Lord. We can, we can forgive them because we're strengthened by the joy. And all of a sudden, we don't know who's watching. And all of a sudden, we forgive them and somebody says, I need what you got. Well, what do you need? You need Jesus. And Jesus is the joy and my strength. He's my Lord and my Savior. We need the joy of the Lord. And it's foolishness to the world. And the religious don't like it, but we need the joy of the Lord. We need to walk in it. And today you can walk in it simply by making a choice. Lord, fill me with your joy. Fill me. Fill me with your joy. It's the anointing of God. The anointing is the joy of the Lord. He anointed him with the oil of joy. The oil and the anointing work together. They're the same in many cases. It's the anointing of joy so that we can be strengthened. You want to be an overcomer, you have to learn how to rejoice. Put on joy just like Justin did earlier. You put on joy and you never know when it breaks out and it breaks loose the people around you. Put on joy. You never know who's watching. God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. Amen? Father, we just thank you so much for your goodness and your graciousness. We thank you for it. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for your joy. When I get done, pray. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your graciousness. In Jesus' name.